This is a story that we've talked about on this show, and it's a headline that uh, will make your blood boil. Um, But while the courts may have beaten Captain Kimberly Fawcett, her fight is now very, very personal and political. You first heard about Captain Fawcett a few months ago uh, because she's been fighting the military over its refusal to do the very basics, which would be to pay for the prosthetic leg she needed after she lost her leg in a horrific accident that not only took the life of her nine-month-old baby boy, Kieran, but she's been battling the military for over a decade trying to get the cost covered for the leg that she lost in that accident. And when this occurred back in 2006, she was on her way to the base because she had just been deployed for duty. So she was taking her little boy to get care for him and tragedy struck. And last week, she lost her final bid for compensation which closes one chapter, but I was thrilled this morning when I saw the headline that Captain Fawcett will be uh, putting her, you know, fight up against Bill Blair, someone she went, uh, you know, to help, to ask for help a couple of years ago and then was basically blown off. And today, Captain Fawcett, who will soon be a retired captain, is the newly confirmed conservative candidate for Scarborough uh, Southwest, which, yes is going to make Bill Blair have to actually work for that second term. Captain Fawcett joins me now. Hello there. Hello, Alex. How are you? Well, I'm I'm very excited to see your name in the running. What prompted you? uh, Had this been on your mind for some time? Yes, actually, it had. I, I, I started looking into this more seriously about a year and a half ago. And then I finally made the decision and I spoke to a few people, um, that I, I had met you know, throughout my journey in the military um, that were political and um, just made the decision that I was going to run and sort of planned for it. It was expecting this to go to a big nomination race because you never go Mm -hmm. into a riding in Toronto and not have competition. Um, But um, the other two candidates decided to drop out and I was acclaimed. So it was it was a bit of a shock for for me because I was ready for you know step number one, and uh, then with the acclamation, then I thought, okay, now I can focus. All right, and so I can set my sights. What is it that drives you? I mean, y- you have a very personal fight here. Uh, you know, you bring a lot to the table. Certainly, you're a candidate. To, did you have to kind of um, choose, or was it always an automatic that you were going to run for a conservative seat if you ran? Well, actually, that's a great question. I actually had to decide sort of where I sat. And I was very fortunate enough, I managed to meet and get to know uh, Peter McKay personally. Mm -hmm. And I sat down with him and I said, I think I may be a small C conservative, you know, and, but I think this is my profile. This is where I am. And he said, yeah, your, your, your views and your perspective are exactly mine. And this is sort of where you sit in the spectrum. And I said, okay, then I'm ready to step forward. And so you're going up against Bill Blair, a guy who's got lots of name recognition, and he is the incumbent. That's a tough battle all on its own. But you also come with your own name recognition. And so this is this oh, will you. be a fight. Yes, I, I expect it will be. But I'm, I'm actually excited for the fight. Um, I think because I, I had gone to Bill and he turned me away, others in the riding have gone to Bill and he has done nothing, that there's a fair amount of discontent 
the fact that I live in the riding, mm-hmm. I understand the issues in Scarborough Southwest. I think that gives me an advantage. Plus, I have 13 years of very hard fighting experience <laughs> of my own with uh, with the military cadre. And uh, I'm going to bring all of that to the table in addition to the excitement. Um, I'm really looking forward to the to the challenge. I'm seeing it as an extended uh, job interview. That's, that's really what I'm seeing it as. Well, my it, next step. It's not like you need more challenges, but you know, the last decade of your life has been fighting for something that should have been kind of automatic. And you had, I guess, been fighting and you went for, to Mr. Blair probably for help to navigate uh, to see if, if maybe they could help get, get a settlement. But why is it that this government hasn't come forward uh, with some kind of settlement? And that's not to excuse past governments, because both conservatives and liberals have, I think, failed uh, vets in one way or another. But what was it about your case that they wouldn't step forward? You know, to be very honest with you, I, I don't know. I, d- I don't have an answer to that question. I... You know, we put every fight uh, possible forward. Uh, We left avenues to open because at the end of the day, the decision cost the Canadian Armed Forces and the Department of Defence absolutely nothing. There was no cost to render a a favourable decision. Mm -hmm. So um, you're asking me to try and explain... The unexplainable. The unexplainable, in my perspective, yeah. And so you come into this race, and obviously military background, um, you know, this is your passion or one of them. Um, what is it that you plan or hope to bring to the table um, when when you're sell, selling yourself at the door? Well, you know, what I do have being from the riding and just as in my military career and presence is the ability to listen, uh, the ability to champion a cause, um, what I can do is action requests in the military. Anytime somebody has a problem, you dig and dig and dig and dig until you can find a solution. And if you don't have the answers, you seek them out. And at least that's something that I can do and that I'm willing to do because I know the value of having a representative that wants to work for the people uh, in their riding. And I perhaps Mr. Blair just, he was focused on other things that um, the issues concerning the riding were were neglected to a certain degree. And what has the reaction been like since your story became public and certainly now that you've thrown your um, your hat in the ring? Well, I can tell you that between my email and my phone, they've basically exploded. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I think there's um, absolute excitement. It's overwhelming. Um, but it's it's a very positive, uh, overwhelming feeling that people are ready for change. They want change. They're very supportive. They like my story. They like me as a candidate. And I guess the last compliment uh, somebody gave me was that I am relatable and I don't sound like a politician. I'm going to tell you like it is from a layperson's perspective. I'm not going to give you political lingo as an as an answer. That to me is just uh, that's normal that should be the norm it should be uh, 
Yeah, it, sh- it should be. Um, but, you know, this is an interesting because you, your depth and your expertise is in military. But uh, mm-hmm. the conservatives have certainly, you know, you can slap them on the wrist uh, in this area because they have to, I think, failed a lot of vets. And that's why I think the vets and military turned to the liberal government thinking, OK, at least they'll do something. And they've been failed even worse by this particular government. And so does that change? With a government change, because I think there's an awful lot of vets out there, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard the stories. They are beyond frustrated and uh, disgusted and feel completely discarded by multiple governments in this country. You know, that it's a it's a fair statement. I think, uh, you know, for, for the conservative government, it's lessons learned. And uh, because part of the staple of the conservative platform is support to the Canadian Armed Forces so that they're well-equipped and well taken care of, and that's right in the sort of the main credo of their their the crux of their you know of the party. And none of the other parties have that statement. That is something that resonated to me when I actually read that that's sort of the third point raison d'être of of the Conservative Party of of Mr. Shear's party anyway, and as our leader. And to me, that I thought well. You can't sit back and complain. You have to be willing to step forward to make any changes or make any improvements. So I thought, I'm not going to sit back and go com- complain. I'm going to be part of the solution. And if, and if you- that means going to Ottawa and working hard and, you know, having to get into the policy and the legislation and, you know, affect change, then that's what I'll do. And if you do uh, find success in October, whenever the uh, the uh, voters go to the polls, would you be expecting a cabinet position? Was this something that was ex- you know dis- discussed between you and Mr. Shear? No, no, not at, not at all. It's funny when somebody asks me that. No, I'm just I'm just a normal, average person that just decided that I have special skills. I have post grad education and training, and I have all this uh, incredible military training and. For as much as I'm disappointed with the decision of the chain of command, you know, that's their ball of wax. They they have the entitlement to make make the change, and I was unable to convince them to come to my side. And uh, so you just kind of, you know, you pick up your bootstraps and you just carry on and move on. And the only way that I will find res- resolution for other uh, veterans perhaps is to make the changes that you need legislatively to to affect something and whether that you know whether I'm given the privilege of 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 cabinet that would be wonderful it'd be exciting but uh it's nothing that I have really spoken to or even aspired to because it's I'm just I'm just one of the team and uh, it's just great to be a part of the team and it's not it's not if I get to Ottawa, I'm going to correct you and say when I get to Ottawa. Well, I think there are a lot of people that look at you and say, how on earth would you uh, or could someone possibly pull up their bootstraps after everything you've been through with the loss of leg and accident and then losing your child, Kieran, uh, and going back to the military to serve yet again, even though the military wasn't all that um, loyal or giving to you. And I think a lot of people wonder, where does that come from? Well, you know, I, I come from a military family, and I, my spouse is military. I think that, uh, you know, and I was born and raised on every base across this country. And it's not that I dislike the military. Um, I actually, I enjoy my service. I loved my time. 
I did extremely well up until the time that I lost my leg. Mm -hmm. And part of my recovery was, okay, I may have lost my son and I may have lost my leg, but damn it, I'm not going to lose my career. I'm not going to lose sight of something that I I love. I really needed to come back to be part of it. And I was willing to take all of the extra steps necessary to prove to the chain of command that I was still fit to fight. And uh, I believe that I did that. I I think, if anything, I left an indelible mark that it is possible to be fit. And more importantly, I'm still fit to fight as a woman without a leg. And uh, because my face, my gender is something that you, you know, is not not new to the battlefield in Canada, but the level of injury certainly is catastrophic injury is new. And, uh, you know, I just never saw my leg as a, as a problem. And I refused to, to let anybody else make it a problem. Well, Captain and... Fawcett, soon to be candidate Fawcett, uh, we wish you the best of luck and we will keep in touch and have you on again. I thank you so much for joining us and, of course, for your service. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Alex. Appreciate your time. Very much appreciate it. That is uh, Captain Kimberly Fawcett, and I think she retires that title, Captain, uh, in June. But, yeah, that is going to be one to watch. And um, Mr. Blair, oof, gotta better start door knocking. Better start nor door knocking like yesterday, because this is gonna be this is gonna be one to watch. Absolutely. On Global News Radio.